Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Tapping Into Crypto. The boys are back in town. Officially. Three are yeah. back again. The band's back. Yeah, so Tommy, we speculated at the end of last year how many times you would be on the potty this year. Right, right. And uh, off to a good start. Off to I said, a good start. I think I said once in January. I think I said single digits. Yeah. <laughs> single digits for the year? For the year. Right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. okay. Yeah, we just don't appreciate that, you know, the two of us don't do anything. You're always busy. So we're just. Uh, happy to look, you. I mean. If you want me to call you out right now, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, look, great to be back on, guys. Um, you guys have been absolutely smashing it. I guess you guys have sailed us through a pretty rocky period of time as well over the last, you know, a couple you of months could in say the market. That, so you? Yeah. You know, maybe I'm I'm getting back on when the waves aren't as, uh, yeah. as heavy anymore. But um, no, you guys have done a great job. It's good to be back and uh, see the shape of the production is looking good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the time to come back because we've had a big week, haven't we? Well, big news week. Yeah, it's all happened. So, to dive in, I think. Let's do it. Ed, what do you reckon? I mean, yeah. So, last week we spoke about, you know, we're pretty likely to see the Bitcoin ETF approval, and we did. So, all ETFs were approved by the SEC, and, you know, it was an interesting newsreel because everyone was excited. Then Gary Gensler came out and basically said our hand was forced because of we lost a court case or a lawsuit against Grayscale. came out that out of the five SEC commissioners, three of them approved it, including Gensler. Yeah. Um, he was the deciding so, vote. He was. He yeah. was. So, I think it was a lot closer than people anticipated to yeah. not getting approved. Mm -hmm. um, which is interesting. But I guess what we discussed last week, Pav, is we thought we'd see a spike in um, in price and then maybe, you know, Bitcoin kind of settling down a little bit before the halving. Yep. We saw a very quick spike up to about 48K and then we've come down. Like, what, what do you make of that? Yeah, uh, not great, to be honest. It was like what I was hoping not to see. So we'll see if it's still going to play out. Like, this is a problem when you get into really choppy territory like we are in right now. So just to pull up like a quick chart of Bitcoin, um, that represents that sweep that we saw during the ETF. Um, so when you see a key monthly high like the March 22 level, which is what we've been tracking for a while now, get taken out like that, the highs fail to stay higher uh, and the lows start to break down, which is what we saw over the weekend into the weekly close yesterday. It's not a good sign. It's kind of looking like we're starting to precipitate what might be the start of a downtrend, but it's too early to tell. In these conditions, this can just easily go boom the other way and we just keep yeah. going higher. Yeah. So like I wouldn't even be trying to speculate right now which way we're going with any meaningful money. But I use this area up here to trim a little bit of size just on some positions that I had because I just know looking at past happenings, the monthly high before we broke into a fully fledged bear market's always been a pretty significant inflection point. So 2016 cycle, that's that high. 2022, that's that high. And for 2024, we just took out that level. That's the one we were talking about. So whether or not history repeats itself a third time around, and this is kind of the place where we go at least sideways before for a sell-off into the halvening, which has always been characteristic, yet to be seen. Um, there's nothing to say we can't just go sideways, a little bit of a blip down, then I guess start to kick off to the upside because we can see the month after the halvening has usually been where the weeds are sort of whacked out and we just begin that uptrend. I think it's going to be pretty cool. 90 days from here, we're, we're really in the thick of it now. If Bitcoin can at least not completely lose its legs, it sets up a really good opportunity for things like Ethereum and altcoins to still continue. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, from here, if we were to start losing levels, you'd be eyeing off 40K, high 30Ks to be like your next saving level. So be interesting to see how this week plays out. 
Yeah, and I want to touch on the Ethereum ETF in a sec, but I thought we'd kind of break down how the Bitcoin ETF performed in its first couple of days of trading. Yeah, it's been good. So, I've got a stat here. It had $1.2 billion of trading volume in its first 30 minutes of trading on that first day. So, I think, Tommy, you've got a stat that it's, you know, it's broken records in terms of ETF launches. Yeah, I mean, across the number of ETFs that came out for Bitcoin at the same time, I think there was 11 in total that was approved, mm-hmm. something yep. like that. It took gold, GLD, which was the main kind of spot gold ETF back in 2004. Mm. It took them five years to get to the same value that we've already got, especially yeah. within the ETFs for Bitcoin. Yep. Again, added context or a caveat to that, risk-adjusted price, risk-adjusted yeah. currency. Like mm-hmm. There is a lot of factors at play, but I guess the stats now prove that it, it is going to be or, and has been the most successful ETF or financial ETF product launched ever, mm-hmm. which is you know quite positive. I mean, you know, we all know how at times like retail get very sensitive and, and you know the, the expectation was ETF gets approved we go to the moon right like mm-hmm. I think a lot of analysts like yourselves and, and we certainly knew that that wasn't going to be the case it wasn't going to be a clear cut we get an approval we've been pricing this in since Bitcoin was 20 grand yeah. so like we've been riding 20k Bitcoin up to call it 47, 48k. Yep. Mm. That's your ETF price narrative mm. that has been played out. That's the story. You know, I mean, I, I hate using the cliche, but you know, buy the rumor, sell the news. Oh, yes. mm. The buy the rumor time was when Bitcoin was 20k. So, like, we just have to remember where we've actually came from. If you zoom out to three months on Bitcoin, we're up 50% or so. Ethereum's about 60%. Mm. So, we are still trending in the right direction. Like, you know, people get kind of trigger happy after a, a big event like this and, you know, when expectations aren't gone, like, the momentum is still largely positive. I think it would be very, very healthy for the market now to correct for a couple of months or like yep. have, as you call out, into that yep. next Bitcoin halving. But I guess for me, and I know Ted, you already kind of mentioned it, for me, it's like, what's next, right? Mm. We've you know, we've got a list. Let's check off now Bitcoin ETF. Yeah. What's the next thing that comes on there? Obviously, the Solana narrative is playing pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Ethereum ETF is playing like almost too heavily at the moment. And we even seen the price action from Ethereum. Like ETH is the one that got the price yeah, action. Almost immediately, about, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. As the ETF was approved for Bitcoin. So there's a few things we can point to there. I know you mentioned the Grayscale Trust mm. Bitcoin case that the SEC lost uh, yep. against Grayscale. Well, the exact same thing, almost a mirror image occurred with um, the Ethereum Grayscale Trust. Mm. So the precedent is set for that product itself being approved for a spot ETF. So that's kind of, I think, what the narrative is starting to take shape at the moment. TLDR, people think it'll get approved. The Ethereum ETF will get approved and May is the date. That's, so, the, de- that's the deadline, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. the end of May, yeah. I, can't, I don't know the exact date. Yep. So the end of May, people are speculating right now that the Ethereum ETF may be approved at that time. Mm-hmm. Some analysts are saying there's you know 80 to 90% chance that it happens in May. I'm probably more so on the camp that it takes a little bit longer. The can will be kicked down the road a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, Gensler and these, you know, some of his team members, as we mentioned already, they've got the tail between the legs a little bit. I don't think they'll be wanting to take another loss, right? So, yeah, yeah it, it's really interesting to see where it goes next. And yeah, I think just for retail, like, it's still very positive. Everything is still very positive in the market. You zoom out even, you know, a month, if you zoom out three months, things still look really good. And we have to remember where we came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's about what's next. Yeah, I guess from my perspective, I was a lot more confident about the ETH ETF prior to the Bitcoin ETF approval. I know it sounds weird, but just based on like Gensler's comments and that SEC voting process, um, Gensler's come out before in the past and basically said when Ethereum moved to proof of stake, he made a statement, proof of stake 
cryptocurrencies are likely to be subject to securities laws or classified as securities. We know they've come after the likes of Solana, Cardano, all these other proof of stake cryptocurrencies. So I guess, yeah, like Bitcoin, like the SEC and Gensler never really came out against Bitcoin. As anticipated, that got approved. But I think Ethereum probably has less chance of of being approved, whether that, like you said, it's still 80, 90%. Like, I'm not sure if that's the case, but these next couple of months will be telling to see how they kind of react to to those applications. I'm the opposite of that, because I just think everyone's seen how narrative plays out in crypto. Like, that's the one thing about Mm. crypto that's different to, let's say, the stock market. It's all narrative driven. So, like, if everyone's seen a meme coin go, they go looking for the next meme coin. If everyone sees the Bitcoin ETF launch, they're looking for the next ETF. It's it's definitely going to happen. That's my theory kind of on it as well. And yeah. Something that um I, I think I mentioned to you guys earlier, I was listening to the um Bankless podcast over the weekend while I was cutting the cutting the lawn at home, mm-hmm. which I love to do. Eric Balchunas, who's one of the senior ETF analysts at um BlackRock, I believe it is. He was just speaking about kind of the next thing and you know how it all played out with Bitcoin and the guys at Bankless were speaking about Gensler's tone towards Ethereum has changed significantly itself mm-hmm. over the last couple of months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since he, he did say that ETH was a security, I think he yeah. called it out in um, government or in parliament or whatever they have over there, one of their um, Senate hearings, yeah. he called it out and it has started to wind that narrative back. Mm. So it could be linked. They're, they're speculating that narrative shift is linked to the fact that they took the loss on grayscale on Bitcoin. It's likely that precedent is now set. Yeah. Precedent in the courts is something that you can almost set your watch to. That's why I'm so kind of positive. But I guess they're it. also coming yeah. after Coinbase and Binance for listing tokens like Solana sure. and Cardano yeah. and yeah. BNB and things like that. So if they've got that going sure. and it's a current court case happening, is approving the Ethereum ETF going to go against that? Like just just something to think about. Yeah, no, no, it is. It is. And, I, and I do, I guess just to clarify, I do see Bitcoin and Ethereum as kind of out on their own. Mm-hmm. I think there's a massive challenge or gulf to the next yeah. ETF, like whether it comes for, you know, I know Solana or whether it yeah. comes for XRP, I don't know, whatever the next one is or whatever that basket or index of crypto fund might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a massive gap to that. But um, I mean, how good of a year would it be if we got a Bitcoin and an Ethereum oh, ETF approved to yeah. be uh, pretty exciting? Yeah, I think so. Like it'd be a good narrative again, just to keep following. And if, I mean, at the end of the day, if the objective is everyone wants price appreciation, yeah. what is going to spark more yeah. adoption than speculating on ETFs this whole cycle? Yeah. I think it's going to be a good think one. Think about that as a product as well, right? Yeah. You You have a Bitcoin ETF and it pays dividends because of proof of stake. So it's got a natural mm. dividend. Well, no, that's going to work. You get yeah. price appreciation plus you've got a natural dividend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, depending on the fund, again, speculating yeah. on this, yeah, but yeah. There's, there's an assumption that there's an, there's an already baked in dividend mechanism because of yeah. proof of stake, which is Revolutionizing cool. financial markets. Exactly right. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Pav, if you were able to bring up that chart comparing this cycle to the several cycles that have come before. So we're just looking at a chart here where the black line is, you know, 2022 and onwards. And it shows we're well on track for that bull market, you know, in 2024, 2025, post-Bitcoin halving. So yeah, anyone that kind of is saying, oh, you know, Bitcoin prices come down after the ETF approval, like what's that about? This kind of just reiterates that we are on track compared to previous cycles that have always had that bull market just after on the page halving. Two. Just on page two. Yeah. yeah. A lot more to be said still. This Absolutely. whole run. Early days. Very early. Yeah. If we're running a marathon, how yeah. far are we in? 10Ks? We've done this and I yeah. don't have far a marathon. 10Ks. Are we, are we now at 12Ks? <laughs> 42Ks? 42Ks. Yeah. You never run a marathon, Pat? Oh, sorry. You can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, what's that then? 36Ks in? 
I've done like that. Anyway, <laughs> it's getting silly now. No. It looks like less than a quarter of the yeah. 40, right? So yeah. uh, let's say yeah. we're at 10Ks. Yeah, just at the first that's drink station. That's exciting. Yeah. That's like, exciting. I can even run 10Ks. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's see what else has happened. We've got the Fear and Greed Index. Something, Ted, you wanted to mention that. Oh, yeah. no, just a quick one. Like last week, we spoke about how. Um, fear and greed was at extreme greed, like yeah, numbers or levels that we hadn't <laughs> seen in since the last bull market. Um, so after the announcement came in last week and price kind of retraced a little bit, we're, we dropped down to actually neutral in terms of fear and greed. And then today we're at greed. So yeah, I mean, I know- It's so volatile at the moment. Like yeah. the, greed, the index itself is quite volatile. Like mm. a lot of times recently when I've been tracking it, it's moving by two or three kind of points a day. Yeah. Like yesterday it's moved from neutral 52 to 64 That's a today, big which is a big, swing. like a big swing because right? this is usually quite lagging like it's it's yeah. pretty indicative but like it moves pretty mm. ebb and flow and sure. slow again it just kind of play, goes back to the whole this is generally like retail sentiment yeah right i guess that is volatile we know that retail traders are are volatile but mm. yeah it's really interesting to see like i've like i said earlier i've been zooming out like three months and six months and looking at kind of the price points across the board and yeah, I do think we are due for that kind of correction. Mm. Um, yeah. It'll come. It's never linear, <laughs> whether it's whether it's up or down. We're going. It's never linear, so it's mm. we will be chop. I think we, we see a period of chop, but um, yeah, I think I don't know, Pav. I know you're kind of on the fence with it at the moment. I do think we are due for a bit of a sell-off oh, yeah. over the next That's, six weeks at least. Mm -hmm. It's definitely where I'm leaning, but I've just seen what happens sometimes when you get into these extreme like corners of price, and you can just go up one more time rapidly before crashing down again. So yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, uh, I think, an interesting point to watch or a data point to review is the long liquidation market and yeah. see, see what kind of, you're open, sorry, open interest. Open interest, that's the yeah. one. So I think that's something that would be keen to watch as well. Like, especially when you have large shifts in sentiment, like the fear mm. and greed, are people now, they were short yesterday, but now today they're gone. Everyone's yeah. gone long. We know the, those long positions or short positions always get liquidated at some point, like mm -hmm. quite heavily, and it's quite generally quite volatile. So yeah, yeah another good point to watch, I think. Absolutely. Let's, uh, so we're going to dive into some top movers for the week. So what do we got? Like, uh, we're looking at, sorry, the top movers are like, you know, Hex, Ehex, Pulse Chain. They're kind of all linked under the old Richard Hart projects, I guess you could say. But um, I don't I think we'll, those, actually. Yeah, yeah, I know Richard Hart has come under a lot of um, scrutiny, especially with the SEC. I think you might've mentioned he'd, he'd been arrested recently. So yeah. we might not touch on those. We'll just focus on the other ones that are, that are listed here. So the biggest one for the week is Ethereum name service. So up 73% on the week. Um, that was an interesting one. Yeah, I guess it came after, you know, we talked before about how Ethereum and a bunch of Ethereum, you know, related coins pumped after the ETF announcements, probably in anticipation for an ETH ETF. But um, Vitalik Buterin, so the founder of Ethereum, basically came out and said that Ethereum name service is super important. To explain what it is, it allows you to purchase domains on the blockchain. So if I'm sending money to Tommy, I don't have to use, you know, my public address, which is a long string of numbers and letters. I could just use my name like ted.eth or whatever yeah. it is. And it's a yeah. bit more user-friendly. People want to lock up those domains. Like, you know, we've seen domains are very valuable in the real world. Yep. Um, so this could be a, a similar sort of sentiment. Yeah. Have you got one? I don't. I don't. You got one? I do. I, I, do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know actually where it is. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know where I've stored it, but I do have one. Yeah, I can remember. I, I got it for free when they, um, one of the name service projects, I can't obviously think of the name right yeah. now because you're asking me the question. Of course. <laughs> Brain, thank you. One of the domain name, naming services on ENS, we're using ENS. 
I did end up like minting two of them actually, I think at the time, but um, nice. yeah, never, never really use it. But I like the concept where you've got one Ethereum address and then it links to all the different assets you can get paid in. Yeah. Some of them even like off Ethereum versions actually give you like, you can have Bitcoin and you can have different assets yeah. on it as well, which is pretty cool. So. Yeah. Cause I don't know if I've got that one. I've got one, but it like, yeah, I can add like a Solana wallet, a Bitcoin wallet. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It must be a separate one. But yeah. It's a pretty cool idea. So there are currently 2.1 million registered ENS names, over 800,000 unique participants. So it's pretty popular. I have the name. You have the name. Unstoppable domain. Oh, that's what I got. Is the name of it. Yeah. So you probably got it at the same time as I did. Time, yeah. We're probably talking about it at work and we're like. <laughs> do you know Do you know the name of it though? Yeah. I think well, it's like. Tommy.eth. I think it's like Tommy.eth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah, something like that. Or probably where I'm from in Ireland, like .eth. Well, I usually <laughs> yeah. use Doonbig. Do you use it for your Twitter handle? Yeah, okay, Tom nice. Dun uh, Tom Dunbeg. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that. Nice. Yeah, because a lot of people use it for their Twitter, which is pretty yeah. cool. So just another yeah. use case for it. Yeah, just another place people won't pay me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess what else we got going? We've got the shiny new L1s narrative still running that we've been chatting about for the last few weeks. So TIA representing Sui. Uh, we have got what else in an L1 space? There seem to be the big ones. There's Tezos, one of the um, last cycle or previous cycle to that took coins running as well. Uh, Ethereum, we talked about that. I mean, for me, the whole SUI TIA thing's just been of super interest because it's all in price discovery now. So there's yeah. nothing on the left to really reference. So the market's moving as impulsively as the participants want to move it. So have you yeah. guys kind of touched on like price discovery for people? Like, have you, I don't know if you touched on that much kind of in like the last podcast because I think that's something important to call out where yeah. people don't understand when you don't have a reference point for assets and they've never been in a bull market. You know, you look at XRP and you look at all these ADA yeah. and all these coins that just have had like two or three cycles under the belt. Yeah. When you have a new a new asset that has never had that cycle, it does, you know, it goes into price discovery when it hits all time highs and we just to Pav's point, we've got no reference. There's no mm. reference, no. So yeah, like, so this is the one we've pointed out in the past. So injective, like it was a 2021 coin, but it was one of the first ones to actually break out into discovery or disco early this year. But then you look at something like say um you know it's done the exact same thing but just in a much much shorter period of time so yeah. it's it's no different at all so. yeah so coins like sui say tia which is celestia they all launched in 2023 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what we're trying to say is historically good one. Um, in bull markets new old coins tend to be preferred over like those more I mean, they'll often the give like bigger traders. return on investments yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and say those historic yeah, but that being said sui sui is yet to to break out so Add that to the watch list if the market holds up. Oh, from the previous high. Right? Yeah. 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 Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, well, Sui's one that was started by ex-Facebook employees. Yes. I think Aptos as well. So they've got obviously those connections in the Web2 world. I think they've got partnerships with Google as well. So there's some cool yeah. things coming out. I think as the market progresses, they'll bring out the news catalysts and stuff they've been working on. Is that um, a proof of stake chain as well? Both yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. It is. It is. Opportunity knocks at the door. It really does. Yeah, absolutely. It's all playing out again. Just one more I wanted to touch on as well is Helium. So HNT, that kind of falls into the decentralized physical infrastructure sector that we've touched on a little bit recently. I'd like to really dive into that sector in the future in yeah. a bit more detail. But basically what that means is they're diving into what we call like networks of physical infrastructure, right? Or physical something hardware. You can touch and it yeah. actually does something. Yeah, exactly. So in this case, they've, they've started their own mobile phone network and they've teamed up with T-Mobile, which I guess you could say is like, in the states 
yeah, tel- the Telstra of the United States, so a huge mobile phone network, mm-hmm. um, and they're offering mobile phone plans for like 20 bucks, which is, is considered pretty cheap in the US. So yeah. they've had a pretty good run recently. And yeah, I, the thing is like they don't have much coverage in the US where their like network reaches out to. So that's where they need to kind of get help from T-Mobile. I think they have to pay T-Mobile yeah. for that coverage. But similar, yeah. It, similar to the smaller carriers here, like yeah. you know, Boost, yeah, exactly. Mobiles and these guys, they just leverage one of the big networks like Telstra, right? Like exactly. similar yeah. kind of thing, is it? Yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely an interesting one to watch. The only other one I sort of spotted was um, NFT ecosystem assets sort of having a bit of love. So, I mean, could we be seeing the next ecosystem rotation? Maybe. Chili's is up there, up 20%, which has not been in the top movers at all in a long time. Blur, that's kind of been in and out of the top movers. I think, again, just due to newer coin narrative, shiny coin narrative. But I think that'd be an interesting one just to observe right now. Um, It seems like the biggest moves are still coming in infrastructure tokens. It looks like it's still... That's pleasing for me to see. The rotation to a different sector? Just just like people are focusing on kind of L1s, even the L2 scaling solutions. Like Mm -hmm. for me, that's like fundamental building Mm -hmm. blocks of crypto in general. Look, you're always going to get, like I can see Bonk up there rolling around. Like you are are always going to get those narrative plays as well. Like when the meme claims are hot, they're all hot. Like you mentioned, Ted, when it's Ethereum narrative, there's, you know, 30 coins connected to Ethereum. I've yeah. seen like Lido's in the list yeah. as well. Yeah. It's a narrative play and crypto traders love a narrative play. And yeah. when you see one of the top ones going like Ethereum, you do, you know, I know this is what I do at times when I'm looking for swing trades or I'm looking for like long trades. It's what's lowest down the list with the most of opportunity that's connected to that narrative. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's not sometimes that's as scientific as it gets when you're looking for a, you know, kind of a swing trade on, on yep. a narrative. So, yep. Yep. yeah. Do you think this next cycle that we're, or this next bull run that we're anticipating, do you think it will be more of a narrative driven bull run than previous? Oh. Yeah, it's always been. I don't think it's ever going to stop. But more than previous bull markets? Oh, I guess it just depends. Like, if there's more things to talk about, then is that what you mean? Like, there's just more things that could potentially be happening? Well, I guess, like, there's larger ecosystems out there. For instance, like, the Solana run we've seen recently. Okay. Uh, that's been a narrative. But I guess in the last cycle, we saw the metaverse stuff happening, especially when Facebook changed their name to Meta. That was a huge narrative there. And the NFTs as well. It just doesn't seem like that was as much of a factor as mm. where we're going to now, where we're seeing ecosystems entirely moving up whereas yeah. like you know ethereum's ecosystem yep. didn't really move based on what ethereum was doing if you know what okay I mean. yeah i don't know like there's certain ecosystems that are custom built for certain applications like let's take just to pull one out of the sky like gamefire like we're all waiting for gamefire right yeah i think yeah i was just about to mention yeah. the exact same one as well <laughs> so then yeah. you have i guess things that you would say uh front running in that category would be like infrastructure plays like imx layer twos like optimism uh, some people are pegging avax to even yeah. be a big yeah player in the game fire space so mm-hmm. if i see strength there god let's just say solana all of a sudden solana just gets into game fire yeah. then that ecosystem will thrive based on like guess how much value has increased in that parent token mm-hmm. potentially yeah everyone's yeah. talking about solana obviously it's it's had an amazing kind of yep. run but like i'm just looking at um the chart here over the last three months avax is also up 290 yeah. percent yeah um solana's up 300 so yeah. I think people have been speaking about AVAX, but not at the not same much, yeah. level as they have been for Solana. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, yeah, I guess kind of like it fits with what you just said, Pav, right? Like, yeah. And I think it's just move from one ship to the next and look at that space and see what's yeah. inside. Like we talked about Bonk. Bonk was a meme coin on Solana. Solana goes up. Bonk goes up. If Ethereum goes up, I imagine some meme coin on Ethereum will start going up. <laughs> um, like it's, it's, yeah. it is unfortunately just that simple sometimes. <laughs> it's good.
Cool. Um, well, we might dive into some of the news headlines for Let's the check week. Check it out. Um, so Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, we've spoken about him before. Um, he's basically come out and doubled down on his sentiment around tokenization of real-world assets, especially post-ETF approval. So he's essentially just saying that crypto ETFs are just a stepping stone on the road to this revolution of the financial markets and the financial world. Um, and he sees like digital ledgers and blockchains playing a huge part, especially as tokenization of financial products and instruments become more prominent. So, yeah, it's just um, one of those things that legitimizes the industry that we're in a little bit more, doesn't it? We've got some new supporters. Yeah, some new cheerleaders, as you new said. New cheerleaders, as I said earlier. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, look, these guys have a product to sell now. Like I mentioned earlier, like they're going to be looking for more products to sell in the digital asset ecosystem. I think for me, the biggest, I know we've touched on ETF probably quite a bit now, but for me, it just adds that legitimacy layer to the whole ecosystem. Like the jury's been out, the question has been out for a long time over the whole industry. Specific to Australia, we got, you know, for me, the, the best news that I've heard from a SwiftX or a running exchange perspective from the, um, you know, from the regulators recently that we were going to be um, moving into an AFSL regime, which just again adds another layer of legitimacy on. It sorts them in from the boys almost like it, it means that the, the strongest players in market will have, you know, standards to work to. At the moment, it's very, you know, it's very much self-regulated industry like it is globally. So for me, this is just another stepping stone. I think I've used, we've used that term 18 times already in this episode. <laughs> but it's, it, it is another stepping stone for the industry overall. And you will see a host of all these Larry Fink, old white rich guys coming out to talk about, you know, digital assets is the future. Oh, yeah. you, you know, all that narrative is going to be hot now at the moment. They've got money to make. They've got products to sell. And yeah, it can only be positive from their perspective. But caveat to everything, we are in crypto. There's always something around the corner that we're not expecting. So what is that thing now that can disrupt this whole kind of momentum that we're in? I don't know the answer to it. I guess it's just a question that I'm asking. You gotta expect it. You guys and asking everyone that I that I speak to and I was like, what's the thing that's gonna shake us off this kind of pretty, you know, clear path to a true financial market? What is that thing that's gonna rock us? Because it's like yeah, I said you're earlier alluding to something negative. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there will be something. I don't know what it is yet, but yeah, I mean, yeah, if you, if you zoom back 2021, 2022, if, if you told me FTX was going down, I'd be like, yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. So it's, look, yeah. I, and I think we have weeded out a lot of the problems, but I think yeah. there's still some skeletons, I think in the closet overall. Well, actually, have, do you remember like the Fort Knox story at all? No. So I don't know the exact timeline of events but it was like back when everything was backed by gold and it was like you would have a nation whose currency had this much gold in their reserves to sort of uphold their currency someone called out the u.s saying show us your gold and they had basically a massive deficit they had no gold right so they the currency for a period was like backed by question mark so like i wonder if like i don't know let's say let's let's throw some speculation what if one of these etfs don't have the bitcoin in them oh yeah Oosh, there yeah well that's that, that would that would that's a story that's the story yeah. yeah the beauty of blockchain technology they'll have yeah, 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 yeah. we can link yeah. true. we can link the asset directly back this so technology we've, <laughs> <laughs> we've fixed the problem that we're foreseeing yeah. already so yeah. Yeah. yeah forget i said anything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all good that's the problem with progress. Yeah. What do you think about like guys like Larry Fink coming up have from it's good. BlackRock? And I, like, I've been sharing that. Like, this is, I think, the real effects people don't actually appreciate that what this is going to do for adoption. Yeah. Like, if you ever think of like a, your standard Google image adoption curve, like we're currently sitting at like still that first pushing into second quartile 
like there's still the majority not touching crypto. Yeah, so this is what will get us to like 30% of people having crypto uh, yeah. and then 35 and then 40 and then 50 and then boom, everyone's got 1% of something in their portfolio. And yeah, I think the big one's going to be once everyone's had a taste of Bitcoin, they've had a taste of, well, I'm guessing Ethereum's to come. Where does the diversity tree yeah. then lead to? I think that's going to yeah. be the biggest rat race for speculation and maybe the back end of this year, start of next year. Yeah, yeah, I think the race is still on yeah. for that. Like if you were to put your finger on it's funny how it changes, right? Because mm. 12 months ago, we would have said, oh, Solana's done, finished. Yep. After the FTX stuff, right? Mm. Now Solana's almost the next one that you look at when you yeah. think about Bitcoin, Ethereum. Solana, like, yeah. You're probably not too far. Like, it's Solana's in the race with the likes of your AVAX, I would say, and, you know, a couple of other of those. Seems like Matic's fallen out of the sky. Yeah, Matic has fallen out of the sky. I've been waiting for that mm. to kind of well, do I wonder if they're waiting for their rebrand before they start trying anything. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. they're, yeah. you know, quite heavily tied to Ethereum scaling. Yeah. Mm. As well, so. Very vital. But yeah, there's a, there's a, you know, Polkadot is another one, that yeah. I, and, and Chainlink, and these ones that kind of come to mind. Yeah. Think about like legacy coins. Yeah, legacy. Yeah. Like where? What are the next biggest assets or you know most solid projects that are coming up after Bitcoin Ethereum? Because I think mm. you know realistically we're trying to look five, ten years out now because we know this market's going to be around. It's getting legitimized. Yeah. You know that's kind of where. I think the puck is going where we kind of should be skating or we should at least having, yeah. having thoughts about I it. I think like, if I had to speculate on that line, I would say it's not going to be a single asset ETF that comes in that realm. I would say there'd be like a layer, like an infrastructure ETF and that would yeah, have yeah, like yeah. maybe a basket of yeah. like L1s to, yeah, div- cool. div- to spread risk out. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, but I think that would be a good angle. Similar to bundles that we have on Hey, <laughs> there it is. But not. But not. But not. Yeah. Another thing I want to touch on with the legitimization of crypto is you don't see financial advisors you know, giving out crypto advice. And I don't think it's they even legal in Australia. Yeah. yeah. So is that like the next step in, in you know, legitimizing this industry? Yeah, they have the products. The products have a PDS, disclosure, risk statements. They yeah. can. Yeah, 100%. But um, yeah. They can sell. The financial advisors could now sell a Bitcoin, spot yep. Bitcoin ETF in ETF. the US. Yep. Or yep. I know you mentioned earlier, that there's one in Australia on yeah. the VOE exchange. Yeah, so not on the SX. Second, second yeah. tier exchange. But yeah, I mean... It has to be a financial product for them to mm. give financial product advice on it. Yep. Whereas no individual cryptos at this stage, like on their own as assets, yeah, are yeah, deemed as financial products, products yep. at this point. But that will change, right? Once the licensing comes in for exchanges, that's where I see in Australia specific, that's where I see the narrative shifting for what financial advisors and these kind of teams of people can do and they can yeah. start to manage portfolios for for crypto and um, pe- people that the are way the way they're just getting regulated is the digital asset exchanges or the crypto exchanges are the financial products right yeah so how yeah uh, i don't want to go too down that well that yeah road, the, the, there is a separate piece where it's like asset categorization and token mapping mm. which is basically where yeah, where they're gonna um classify each each yeah. asset but that's just part of a, a bigger piece of work that's happening i guess over the next 24 months yeah absolutely Got on a bit of a tangent there. Uh, we got more right. news That's what headlines. That's when the three yeah. boys are back together. Absolutely. Yeah. Got a lot to talk about. Look, this one's pretty quick. It's the Michael Saylor deepfakes. So if you're not aware, deepfakes are essentially, I don't know what you call them, AI manifestations where they're trying to target the vulnerable. And in this case, it's a deepfake of Michael Saylor pledging the people if they give them his their money that he knows how to double it uh, for mm. them. So, oh, Michael... 
you know, came out with a tweet saying there's no risk-free way to double your Bitcoin and MicroStrategy does not give away Bitcoin to those who scan a barcode. Um, he then tweeted after that, my team takes down about 80 fake AI-generated YouTube videos every day, but the scammers keep launching more. Don't trust Verify. And for me, I know like we are on the inside here at the exchange. It feels like this is just Groundhog Day. It's always the vulnerable that are just desperate to, obviously they need yeah. to double their money. But what would you say like some easy ways to avoid knowing if something's for real or for not for real? Just Everything, what's some everything is a scam until you have yeah. verified. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah. If it sounds too good to be true, it is. Like, yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Pretty well, simple. I, like, even just yesterday in one of the crypto Facebook groups in Australia, like, people are put, still putting up links to these platforms that are, you know, 2% a day. They're not trying to go, yeah, we're going to give crazy, you 100% yeah. a day, or we're going to give you 2% a day. So that kind of gets people to second guess. Yeah. This could actually be legit. This is yeah. like a trading strategy. Yeah. But like 99.9% are scams but yeah. people are still going down those rabbit holes which is quite scary like mm. there isn't so many ways to get legitimate exposure to assets especially within australia we're really lucky we have a lot of really solid brands and yeah. trusted you know platforms and exchanges and everything yeah. else but you just continuously see it oh, people absolutely. still fall and, and like you said ted it is the vulnerable the more vulnerable people that are trying to turn that thousand dollars into five thousand yeah. dollars or whatever isn't you know it's yeah, it's it's really scary and it's really sad when you see them going down the wrong path and get scammed. Obviously, mm. we see it on the on our side at, at times where we stop a ton of it, but mm. you can't stop absolutely everything. No, yeah. I think I think it's worth educating yourself on what these deep fakes can actually look like and actually they're ridiculously polished. Yeah. Just just check it out, even just as for a giggle. Yeah, I know it's yeah. Mark, the Michael Saylor ones aren't the only ones that are out yeah. there. I've seen you know Brad Garling, house CEO of Ripple, okay. basically you know at the start you know it's like an ad for a YouTube video and he's saying he's gonna you know double your XRP or whatever. Like, like a guy in our office fell for it because that's how real they look. Like the intervention of AI in these things is just like it's another layer. Sophisticated scams are just yeah. They're, they're, I think it's unfortunate. Well, yeah, I think well I, I did tell you guys before about Chris who's our um, CMO at SwiftX mm. like playing around with one of the tools and he left a voicemail on my phone to meet him at a coffee shop and it was legit. Sounded like Chris <laughs> left me the voicemail. I was, I was like I I just, because it's Chris, I just knew he was messing around with something. <laughs> so I called him up and I'm just like, hey, did you just leave a voicemail on my phone? He just, ha, 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 like Chris does. That's um, a good impersonation. Yeah. That's yeah. What I feel yeah. like. <laughs> but I think what the scariest part for me about this whole thing is how in a court of law, you know, you mm. see murder cases and you got people recording saying, yeah, I take the body from A to B. It's like, how do you know now all these things are not deep fakes? Yeah. How, you know, Ooh. at what level of granularity are these, is this technology going to get to where you can't actually tell yeah. what's real and what's not? Yeah. We'll just use an AI judge to work it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you might not be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. There'll be AI tools to basically pick out Combat. what is AI and what's real. Sure, yeah, sure, so. sure. Um, but, but it's still, it's just like, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's another, another issue. Kind of worms. It's mental. Yeah. mental. Yeah. All right, that broke my brain for the for the week. Well, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Serve you right for inviting me in on a Tuesday morning <laughs> oh, session. <laughs> it's good to have you back. Yeah, that was a good one, boys. Yeah, mate. Yeah, tell me, thanks chat. to come back. No worries. No, thanks. Good, good to be back, guys. And uh, you know, if you need any irrelevant perspectives, you always know where I am. Absolutely. Um, we'll see you in about three, four months' time. Uh, <laughs> well, now that you've set the tone for me, I'm kind of you know, I want to be, I want to try and hit double digits. At double least. digits. Yeah. Um, we should have said bloody triple. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, the math doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, look, great to be back, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, I think it was um, yeah, it's always good to hang out. Hopefully, yeah. some value in there. Yeah, absolutely. See you next week, guys. Yes.
Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 